0: If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to, um, uh, to some words of wisdom. The book of Ecclesiastes. The book of Ecclesiastes this morning. Uh, words of, of wisdom written by Solomon. Uh, you, know, you know, the great thing about learning from Solomon is, uh, you know, in many ways Solomon, he was an absolute success. By today's standards, he would still be one of the wealthiest people on the face of the earth. But at the same time, he was also a total failure. Wow. You say, how could that be? How could somebody be a total success and a total failure? All at the same time, because Solomon struggled in life. He, he struggled, and he got some things out of order in his life. And, and when it comes down to writing the Ecclesiastes, and especially as we read, uh, in, in these early chapters of Ecclesiastes, uh, you find that Solomon is, is now at the end of his life, and he's going back, and he's reflecting on life, and some of the things that he has learned. So in Cl- Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verses 8 and 9, The scripture reads, "...the end of a matter is better than its beginning. The end is better than its beginning, and patience is better than pride. Do not be quickly provoked in your spirit." For anger resides in the lap of fools. Let me read that, let me read that to you again. The end of a matter is better than its beginning and patience is better than pride. Do not be quickly provoked in your spirit for anger resides in the laps of fools. Now I want to preach to you this morning with the thought in mind, a brand new ending. Uh, last night you may have been like Sarah and myself and some some of our friends were we we got together and and we just had a lot of food it's hard to have a good time and not have a lot of good food and we got together and we had a lot of food and and uh we had a lot of laughs and a lot of good times and and you know and uh we we love sarah and i love playing rummy you know cards and uno and and so we were playing some games playing some cards and just having a great time and and we uh we just wanted to stay up and watch the old year out and the new year in and and somebody said oh the ball's about to drop on tv right now and and so we we scurried in with Two minutes to midnight to watch this glass ball drop up in New York City. And, and uh, you know, and, and it was marking the ending of one era, if you would, in the beginning of a new era. Uh, some of us, uh, some of us really enjoyed 2022. Some of you probably didn't. Some of you, I saw one friend of mine posted, it's been nice to know you, 2022. It's been nice to know you, but I'm glad you're gone. You see, that friend had, had one of his legs amputated during the year of 2022, uh, due to, uh, having COVID. He was glad to see it leave. Other people rejoiced, uh, you know, we've had family members that, that, that were married in 2022, and I'm sure, uh, at least for the time being, it's a special year for them. You know, you know, uh, somebody told me the other day, they said, they said, you know what the leading cause of divorce is, preacher? I said, yeah, marriage. You know, you know, that's, you know, but actually it's, uh, it's finances. But you know, we, uh, some of us got off last year and it seemed to get off, got off to a bad start. We haven't had enough time to determine that for this new year that we're in. But all of us have had Times of getting off to a bad start, haven't we? Some of us have had this, you know, like Jerry and I have bad hair days someday. We just have bad hair days. You, you like you get up late, you get up late to go to work and then the, the whole day is just all out of whack. The, in the entire day, everything is wrong. The per, people are driving in the left lane, they won't let you pass. Every, everything is wrong. Everything that everything breaks. Everything goes wrong. Uh, you, you, know, you know. Sometimes we just have bad days. Sometimes we have bad weeks. This week's been a horrible week. You might say, or you might say, boy, December's been a, was a horrible month. Maybe you say again, twenty twenty two has been a horrible year. We we've all been there, and we've all done that. We we all have them. Some of us, the bad days seem to be closer together than they are for others of us. I, you know, I, I have to, in my mind, I have to think, is that a, uh, is, 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 that, is that something ab- that has to do with us? Is it the way we approach things? Is it the way we address things? Is it, is it the way that we receive things? But nonetheless, bad days do come and sometimes they seem very close together. But the reality of it is, all of us live in this life. We're doing this thing that we call life. Uh, we may go different places to work. Uh, we may drive different kind of cars. We, we have different looks to our houses and our homes and, and, uh, you know, we all have different problems as well. It's life. We're all doing it. In, in many ways, life is the same for all of us, but at the same time it's different for every single one of us because what may what may be a trial for you may not serve to be so much of a trial for me but life in itself is made up of continual choices you had a choice today you had a cho- I, you had a choice you know you, you know uh uh you know i i, I, I know of a fella that 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 struggled to, he didn't want to get out of bed. He just, he just wanted to, to lay in bed. And his wife said to him, she said, you have got to get up. Why do I have to get up? Cause it's Sunday. We're going to church. I don't want to get up. Yes, you've got to get up. You've got to go to church. I said, why do I have to go to church? Sarah said, because you're the pastor. You see, and, but, 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 so, but I still made a choice to be here. Even though I'm the pastor. You, you made a choice to be here. The, all the things that occurred in 2022, whether it was good or bad, whatever occurred in 2022, it caused you to make choices. Every single day of your life in 2022, you had to make choices. We all do. It's an everyday thing. There's no way of escaping it. But what is so important about the choices we make is the present day decisions that we make will alter how the rest of our day, our week, our month, maybe even our year, and possibly even the rest of eternity will go for us. You see, life is about choices, and, and and the decisions we make are going to affect us. When we read, when I read the book of Joshua in Joshua chapter twenty-four and verse fifteen, I, I find that I find there that the word of the Lord says, "Choose this day who you will serve." Many of you know the answer to that. As for me and my house we will serve the Lord. But, but but there's a choice there in the world that we live in today and the, the formation of what is known to many, uh, uh, as the Church of Oprah, if you would, the whole, the whole thing of secular humanism of, well, if it feels right, just go ahead and do it. Uh, uh we have to understand that, there, that, that the world is still full of choices and, 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 and uh, is so it's been said by not only Oprah, but other, other prominent people that how could a loving God send people to hell? Well, I've got a, I've got a, answer for you. He doesn't. People make choices. They make choices of whether they will accept the Lord Jesus in faith as their Savior and their Lord or they choose not to. We make choices. We make choices in everything we do. We make choices in what we're going to eat. Uh, we, somebody was talking about that this morning, that they would rather, that, that they go by McDonald's and, and get chicken sandwiches and cookies and, 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 and uh, something to drink. And I don't know how people do that every day and not get fat. I don't call any names, but Suzanne to say so skinny. I don't understand it. But, but the reality of it is, is that we, we make choices. Life is full of choices, and we must realize this. Though we can't control every situation that life hands us. If if I can control, you know, it amazes me sometimes. It amazes me sometimes how much that we think that we're in control. I I, I don't have I don't have a a pencil with me here this morning. I didn't bring one up here, but there, there may be one back here. Uh, somewhere, somewhere. Here's one. Here's one right here. How many of y'all have ever been writing with one of these things and dropped it? How much does that thing weigh? Gosh, I don't know. Just, just, just a few. How much? Somebody said an ounce. Just, a, just an ounce or two at the most. Yeah. And, and and we'll drop this thing. How many of y'all ever get writing with one of these? Or if you're younger, you don't know how to write. You print. You know, uh, uh they don't teach cursive in school anymore. And, and, but how many of y'all ever been writing with one of these things and it, and get all haywire? And, and you know, uh, it was once said that if your if your pencil out outlast your eraser, then you're in trouble. But how many of y'all they, there was an eraser there for a trouble? It's easy to go back. But sometimes, we, you know, when I when I write, I, I'll admit to you, when I'm writing, I'm always thinking. I have a tendency to think. Like two words ahead of the one I'm writing. And I'll be writing the word and I'll find myself thinking about the word that I'm thinking two words on down the road. And I have to go back and, 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 and I, some of y'all have got cards from me and letters from me and notes from me and things like that. You know how sloppy a writer I am, okay? It is it's what it is, okay? But sometimes we'll take, take these things and we'll struggle with it. We will, we will struggle with using it. We will drop it. But then we will go outside the doors of this building and we will get in a 3,500 pound hunk of steel and get in it and go down the road at 75 or 80 mile an hour and just think that we're totally in control. Do you ever think about that? And sometimes we think we're in control of our life. But we're we're really, we're really, we're really, are we really, I should ask the question, are we really in control? Or do we really have control of our life? I, I think the answer to that is actually no. We can't control every situation. We can't control every circumstance. And I've got, listen to this, if you don't catch anything else I have to say at this juncture, we can't control what other people do. My job is not to control a bunch of church people. The shepherd's job is not to control the sheep. It's just to try to keep them all together. And and I, I can't control you. I can't control everything. Listen, I've got news for you. Mamas and daddies in the room. You cannot control everything your kids do, especially the grown ones. You cannot control what people say about you. You, can, you and I cannot control what people do to us. You and I cannot control what other... People do, say, or think. We will drive ourselves teetotally, stark raving, crazy as a bat, mad, trying to control other people. Sarah and I have been dealing with that firsthand for some, for some several weeks now. Not in our life, but with some other folks. We can't control every situation, circumstance. We especially can't control other people. But what we can do is we can exercise disciplines over our own lives. You know? Even Paul mentioned about struggling with self-control, which I'm going to touch on here in a moment. Because Paul says, the things that I know I shouldn't do, I turn around and I do them anyway. We even struggle with self. How can I how can I? how can I allow myself to be caught up struggling with other people when I I haven't even conquered myself? Wow. In Galatians chapter five <clears throat> Paul, and I'm not going to read all this this morning for the sake of time, but in Galatians chapter 5, and and I don't know if none of y'all see it because you don't really probably turn around and look, but it says it's 10 minutes after 4 here in the sanctuary. I don't know what's happened to that clock. It's went crazy. So I'm just telling you this morning, I don't have any track of what time it is. And, uh, you know, I just know that Cracker Barrel will be okay whenever you get there, okay? Galatians chapter 5, but for the sake of time, I don't be conscious because I know your brain can only, your brain can only absorb what your bottom can, okay? In Galatians chapter 5, Paul outlines 17 works of the flesh. 17 works of the flesh are outlined in Galatians chapter 5. It's, that's a tremendous. Uh, it's not been too many years since we went through it on Wednesday night studying it. Uh, but it's all, hey, it, we're probably good to do it again now. Galatians chapter 5. You see there that there's 17 works of the flesh. But then Paul contrasts to the 17 works of the flesh, the nine fruit, not fruits, but the nine fruit of the Spirit. And when you read the nine fruit of the Spirit, depending on which English version you're reading, if you're reading the uh, King James, the wording probably says temperance there. If you're reading one of the newer uh, English versions, the NIV, NASB, or something like that, it's probably you're probably going to see the words self-control. Now as Paul out- also he contrasts 17 works of the flesh and nine fruit of the spirit i, I, I found that I, I don't think it's coincidental and i don't think it's just uh accident that Paul names self-control as the last fruit of the spirit in fact there is a there is a a a rule of scripture if you would of 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 uh of of uh of literature that that by him naming that last, it probably means it's one of the higher values uh, given to the nine fruit that he's naming. So what we ha- realize by that is that Paul is calling us to exercise discipline in our own selves. I can't fix you. I can't control you. I can't, I can't make you do anything. I can't make my, 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 my one and only child is now 37 years old. I can't make him do anything. I can't, uh, you know, I can't control him. He is his own man. He's done well. I'm proud of him, but I can't control him. Do I like everything he does? Do I like every decision that he, he makes? Absolutely not, but I can't control him. But the thing about it, is I can't I can't even control my wife. Now I have a great influence over her, but I can't control her. She gets wild sometimes. In a good way. Here's my point. Here's my point. You and I cannot fix the stuff. At least the most of it, you and I can't fix the stuff in our lives. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. A lot of people they'll talk to me and they they'll talk. Somebody not long ago was talking to us about, but yeah, but you you grew up in a Christian home. I said, no, I didn't. I didn't grow up. A, I was the first one in my family to be saved. What little bit of exposure that I had to to any type of Christianity would have been in the Episcopal Church, you know, first cousin to the Catholic movement, and and, and uh, you know, man, when I come along into an in Assemblies of God, which was you know a Pentecostal church, just like we are, I mean, that was completely foreign to me. I didn't know any, you know, I didn't have, no, I had no clue what was going on, what was happening, you know. In fact, I, I was in, I was in the Pentecostal movement for probably twenty years before I ever figured out what was going on. And I still don't know that I got. I figured out. But the reality of it is, the reality of it is, for a long time, I struggled with having faith for my salvation because I thought I had to fix everything in my life. I thought I could fix my language. I thought I could fix my habits. I thought I could fix. And, and listen to me. I'm not telling you I, I'm perfect now. I'm not saying that in the least because I know you're saying I really wouldn't have thought that. But I do have some fallacies. Don't miss Sarah. I do have some fallacies. I do have some problems. I do have some. I do have some shortcomings in my life. I'm I'm not a. I'm not a perfect man to say the least. But listen to me. I I I can remember so many times I told the Lord so many times, and and that right there is part of the problem. When we start telling God stuff, then we want we're wanting to make Him fit our mold. But. I just kept telling God, God, when I can change my language, God, when I can change this habit, God, when I can change... This circumstance or that circumstance. Then I'll get saved. let me tell you something. I tried for two years, more than two years, to fix everything in my life. For two years, I tried to adjust. I tried to fix. I tried to manipulate. I tried to do everything to fix everything in my life that I thought would be pleasing to God. In order that I could be a Christian. And I want to tell you exactly what happened. I failed. Because I could not do... Do that within myself. I cannot perform that within my own means. It was not within my means, and I've got news for you: it's not within your means. Because if it was in our means to make our self righteousness righteous, then we would not need a righteous God that sent His righteous Son to die on a sinner's cross in order that our right, that our 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 condemnation could be could be lifted, that we would be made righteous in Him. So the news is, you can't fix it. You need Jesus to. You need Jesus to. I still need Jesus to fix it. I still need Jesus to straighten out things in my life. I still need Jesus to fix situations in my life. And you may be watching my live stream this morning. You may be you may be listening later on by by our webcast, podcast. You may be sitting in this room. But I want you to know this this morning. It's never too late to create a new ending. It's never too late to create a new ending. Perhaps you struggled with some decision making in 2022. Perhaps, just perhaps, I know it's not likely in this room. I, I know, I know most of you guys, it's not likely. It's not likely at all. I know you're all smart, you're intelligent. I know it's not likely, but just in case some of you all made some really poor decisions in 2022. It's not likely, but maybe you made some really dumb decisions in 2022. I know it's not likely, but just let's just suppose that there's the opportunities here. You struggle with decision making. And you made some wrong decisions. Or maybe there's some decisions that should have been made that you didn't even make, that you neglected to make. More than likely... Again, just guessing a little bit. More than likely, none of you can go back and some of those dumb decisions that you made, some of those foolish decisions you made, some of those improper decisions you made, a lot of those decisions you made, you can't go back and fix them. There's some things, and we, we, we've we talked about, Sarah and I talk about this here. Seems like here lately we talk about it a lot. There's some things you're better off just to leave alone. There's some things that you just keep going back and staring at, you don't just keep making it worse. Now, I know there's probably nobody in this room that had that happen in 2022. But I'm just saying, just in case, just in case. I'm sure it's everybody watching Facebook. They're the ones with the problems. But just in case you're in this room, you and you alone and myself and me, myself, and I, because I made some dumb decisions in 2022. I'm constantly making decisions. You, know, you, you want to talk about one of the hardest decisions for me to make is to, to decide whether or not we're going to cancel church because it's this okay calling for snow. I don't trust them lying weather people. Yeah. I thought about canceling last Saturday on Christmas Eve and lo and behold, there were seven below zero and 41 people came out for church on a Saturday. Hallelujah. If I had to cancel it, I, if I had canceled that sir, I would have still been kicking myself, wouldn't I? But you know what? We, a lot of those things we can't go back and fix. They're totally out of our control. But even the ones that we can go back. But it's more than what you and I can do. It's having the Lord to help us with the things in life that maybe weren't the wisest decision is all. And here's the good thing: no matter what decisions that we've made in life, no matter now there may be decisions. There may be I don't I, I wouldn't I, I don't have this in my notes, but I, I, I just I'm, well I'm, I'm headed down this path, so I'm just going to go ahead and run it. There may be decisions you made that maybe that maybe there was that there has been relationships that has been severed that seem to be unreconcilable, and maybe they are unreconcilable. But I want you to know this. There is not a decision that you made that separated you from from God's presence that, that is unreconcilable. There is not a decision that you made at all that will not allow you to come back to the Lord. And that is saying a lot. That is saying something, in the words of one politician, which I won't name, that is huge. Because as long as there is breath in your body, is there anybody in here that is not breathing? That's what I thought. As long as there is breath in your body, and there is breath in my body, there is hope. Found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because as long as I can call on His name. As long as I can reach out to Him. And and Him take me by the hand. As long as I can call on the Lord. Suzanne, I I think about Bernard. A lot from time to time. Suzanne's husband a number of years ago was, was... was in intensive care and he couldn't audibly communicate. But I went in a few times to see him, and I, I went in, I went into that ICU room up in up in Princeton Hospital, and I, I went in there and I, I talked to him and I prayed with him and 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 I, and I reached out and took him by a hand and I said, Bernard, I know you can't talk. I said, but if you can hear me, I said, I said, you know, things are not looking so good for you. I said, but I want to know that you have your heart right with the Lord. And I said, we're going to pray. And I know you can't pray out loud. I said, but you can pray in your mind. You can pray in your heart. You can pray in your spirit. And I said, Bernard, I'm going to pray with you. And I said, when we get done, I said, I'm going to ask you a question. And me and Bernard prayed. And I couldn't hear a word he said. but we got through, I said, Bernard, if you feel like the Lord saved you, I said, squeeze my hand. And he grabbed me with that big old hand. I never will forget it, Suzanne. He grabbed me with that big old hand. Squeezed my hand really, really good and tight. And you know what? He didn't have to say a word to me. Because out of his heart, he cried unto the Lord. And out of his heart, while there was still breath in his body, as sure as I stand before you right now, because am I that confident... Am I that confident in Bernard Phipps? No, I didn't know I had never really met Bernard until he got sick. It's not that I have that great of confidence in Bernard Phipps, but I can tell you why I have that greater confidence in my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that as long as there's breath in that body and you call on the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. And let me tell you something, for all the stuff that's going on in your life, for all the stuff that's going on in my life, as long as there is breath, there is hope but we can't procrastinate. Because when we turn over to the epistle of James and we begin to read the book of James, we find there that James, which is a half-brother of Jesus, by the way, that James said this. He says, don't count on today that you'll go to this city and that city and you'll you'll trade and you'll sell and you'll make money. Don't count on any of that stuff because don't you really understand, of course, I'm paraphrasing all this, James says, don't you understand that your life is nothing more than a vapor? The fog of the morning. The mist that arises above a teapot. Don't you understand that your life's just a vapor? It appears just for a few minutes. And then it just vanishes away. It just vanishes away. It goes into the atmosphere. And it, has James used that illustration... In Scripture, that so much applies to us. Our life is a vapor. And we're just here for under temporary circumstance. Went by to see my good friend the other day. Uh, just a day or two before Christmas Day. And I said, James, how old are you? He said, well, if I live to, I think it's February 9th, he said, I'm going to be 96 years old. He said, and we just go on and talk. And, and I love sharing with that old man. He's been such a blessing to me. He said, he said, but you know, N.R., he said, life is so short. And I'm thinking, here's a guy, 96 years old, telling me that life is so short. What we must do, we must do quickly. We can't procrastinate because life is just a vapor. I want you to know this about life. I want you to know this about life. This might not be profound, but I thought it was worth writing down. No author has ever written a book, nor has a writer composed a song from the end to the beginning. Every book is written from the beginning to the end, and so is every song. Our beginning may be, your beginning, my beginning, our beginnings may be unrepairable. But with the help of Jesus, we can write and rewrite and create a new ending. There's an old adage that says, it ain't over till it's over. I didn't get to watch all of it. I, I, just, a lot of it, I just tried to catch up with it on my phone, you know, and some of the, some of the different, different, cause we were with friends and things. But you know what? Uh, I, my, my football, my college football picks, uh, of the, of yesterday, I was at 50%. Okay. I came out 50%. Half of my picks won. The other half didn't it wasn't that I was gambling, I was just who I was picking just for the fun of it. <clears throat> I had picked Michigan to win, those of you that watched it. I picked Michigan to win. I thought I thought Michigan's gonna win. Let me tell you something. Early in the third quarter, I said, Well I, I messed up on another one. Ohio State just they just they just wearing Michigan out and letting it look like it. Next thing I know, I pick up my phone about, I pick up my phone at about 1130 and Michigan has come back. And then I pick up my phone and just a few minutes later and Michigan's ahead by one point. And Ohio State is in position to score. Didn't put it in the end zone, but they're down to to, to the field goal range and there's six seconds left on the clock. And their kicker missed his field goal. He's probably not the most popular guy on the team right now, but bless his heart. But listen, to look at the score I'd given up on Michigan, third quarter but you know what it wasn't over until it was over and they won by one point and whether they won by one point or if they had won by thirty points it doesn't matter it wasn't over until it was over and they won you see for us this thing of life that we know it it's not over till it's over you may think well I'm done I'm through I'm finished there's no use there's no hope but I want you to know it ain't over till it's over Lord willing we don't know how much but for right now there's still a few seconds on the clock if that football game had went the other way, if Ohio State had, if, if their field goal kicker had made that, if he'd have put it through the uprights and Ohio State had won, you know what I would be standing here saying this morning? I'd still say it, but I'd be saying it about, uh, Ohio. I'd be saying, it ain't over till it's over. They, they fought. They didn't give up right down to the wire. Neither team. You and I can't give up either. Until it comes back to... See, there's there's still time. How, how much time? I don't know how much time. But I know we have right now. And because we have right now, I have hope. C.S. Lewis said this. C.S. Lewis said, you can't go back and change the beginning. But you can start where you are. And you can change the Whatever's going on in your life, whatever's happening in your life, wherever you've been, you may have had the worst possible life that anybody could have in the world. And I'm not trying to be insensitive to you, but you could have the, you maybe everything has been gone south in your life. Maybe you were abused as a child. Maybe you were an orphan. Maybe you were kicked aside. Maybe your adulthood has been horrible. You've been cheated on, lied on. You've been anything that could happen has happened to you. But listen to me. You and I get to make decisions. And if our decisions choose this day, we find in Joshua. Choose this day who you will serve. That's for me in my house. We're going to serve the Lord. there's choices. And in those choices, I can't fix all the stuff. There's a lot of things that I'm not proud of. There are a lot of things that I'm not proud of. And 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 but what I can do, I can choose. I can make a choice to make a choice today that I'm not going to continue down the same path I've been on but I'm going to choose to serve the Lord. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, you know today Lord Lord I've, I've, I've attempted in every way to bring forth the word that you've given me for this day. Lord, and as this word has come forth, I pray that it does not fall upon and has not fallen upon deaf ears. But Lord, I pray that today, Lord, that that there will be people that will not only be hearers of this word, but there will be doers of the word this morning in this room. Doers of the word out there in the land of social media and the airwaves of of internet radio. God, I, I just believe that today that you're speaking. And working in hearts through the power of your word so today Lord as I've spoke your word I speak it not within my power and my might, but I speak it in the name of the Lord and Lord I've cast the bread upon the water and Lord I know it's up to you to bring return so today Lord Lord let your Holy Spirit do his work among us now with heads bowed and eyes closed I want to ask you a question is there anybody in this room, without any embarrassment, I'm not, I'm not out to embarrass any one of you all whatsoever. Is there anyone in this room that will slip your hand up and say, Pastor, I need to be saved or I need to rededicate my life to the Lord. Starting this new year is a great time for you to do that. Is there one person in this room that say that? Anybody at all? I take it by that, that the lack of lack of response which is not that's 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 a good thing actually that everybody in this room is ready to meet Jesus everybody in this room is ready to have a great ending to the end of the book but I wonder if in this room is some of you you're, you're saved, you're born again, there's some of you that are struggling. You're struggling with problems in your life. You've, you've, whatever they could be. I, I could go back and name them, but I'm not going to do that. You're struggling with issues in life right now. And you're just hoping, you're sitting in this room or you're watching and you're hoping and praying that 2023 is going to be a better year than 2022 was. But you're still struggling. If that's you, I just want you to up Right now, anybody in this room, thank you. Or are there others? Thank you. Or are there others? And a few hands go up across the congregation. This is what I'll ask us to do right now. Especially those that lifted your hands this morning in response to that that uh, that request, that altar call. This is what I want us to do. I want us to come as many of you can and will, and let's come together and begin to pray and ask the Lord to minister in a very special way in this new year that we're entering into. Can everybody that can and will just come and join me, whether you raise your hand or not. Just come on down and we're going to sort of pray and just believe the Lord. I had a, some woman ask me a while ago, she said, you have an altar in your church? I said, well, we don't have a rail. Yeah, She said, uh, I said, but yeah, we have an altar. She said, you mean you don't have a rail? I said, no, ma'am, we don't have a rail. She said, well, you don't have an altar then. But... Uh, the altar is the place that we meet the Lord in prayer. Whether we have a rail or not, uh, to me it's a bit irrelevant, but, but I think it's good for us to come together in a common place and say, Lord, this is where we come to meet you today. So as we're gathered here around the altar, right now I just want us to pray and seek the Lord and just release everything in our life to Him. With the confidence that 2023 is His. You're not going to take ownership of anything in 2022. You're going to let Him own it. And if you let Him own it... You know, I had to learn this a number of years ago. I'll say this and then we'll pray. A number of years ago, I've been... Who knows how many pastors' conferences and church growth and things that I've been through through these last 30 years. I, I, I have no clue. I've been through a bunch of them. But, but there's little things that you remember. One of the things I remember, it really, it really startled me. It really, it really got my attention. And it was the, it was the leader of that church growth and that pastor seminar that said, pastors, if it's your church, if you grow your church, your church, then you're going to have to take care of your church. But if it's God's church, you let him grow your church and you let him increase your church he'll take care of what's his and you know what that that mindset or that theology if you want to call it that that's the same for your life You, you can have your life and the things that you're going to take ownership of he's going to let you own them but the things that you give him and you let him own; he'll take care of. So this morning, as we come together and we come back to this brand new end begins today, let God have ownership of everything in your life. Can we pray, Lord, as we come to you today? Lord, I pray for every person in this room. Lord, I just pray that Jesus, as we yield ourselves to you in every way, in in, in every facet of our lives today, God. uh, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you have ownership. Lord, you have ownership and rule and reign of our lives, Lord God. Lord, today, Lord, we yield ourselves to you, Lord. We don't only yield ourselves to you, but we yield everything, all of our substance to you, Lord. That, Lord, that there would be nothing withheld from you god you would have control of our finances you have control of our health you will have control of our well-being you have control of, of of our families lord you have lord you have we we surrender to you ownership of everything in our lives lord lord we hold nothing back in fact we can't really call you lord in, unless we have unless we have sold out to you we can't really call you Lord unless we surrender everything to you. Lord, so today, God, as we stand in your presence, Lord, Lord, we give it all to you. Lord, we hold nothing back from you, Lord. We, 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 we don't, Lord, we're, we're not hiding any treasures under, under our tent. Lord, we're not hiding any treasures, Lord God, in our, in our, uh, in our house, Lord. Lord, we're not withholding anything from you, but God, we're giving everything. Everything, absolutely. Everything we give back to you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we're not, Lord, we don't want to retain anything, but God, we want, Lord, you to have our own all. Everything there is about us, Lord. Lord, for today, Lord God, Lord, we commit ourselves, Lord, to. to with getting a brand new end today, Lord, we commit ourselves, Lord God, to walking in the newness in you, Lord. Today, we commit ourselves, Lord, not to allow, Lord, the trials, the troubles, the failures in life, the disappointments in life, Lord, the harsh words of life, Lord, I, Lord, the, the attitudes of life, Lord. We are not going to let those dictate and determine, Lord, our joy, Lord, our our joy is only going to come through and by you. Our joy is found in you. You are our joy. You are our strength. And Lord, today we commit ourselves to you, Lord. On this day, Lord Jesus, Lord, we are beginning a brand new ending. On this first day of January, year 2023, Lord, I commit myself to a new ending. Old things have passed away, and everything becomes anew. Lord, I commit myself to you, I'm holding nothing back today, Lord. If you if you carry your coming in this next year, Lord, Lord, if you don't see fit to call any of us home this next year. Lord, it's my prayer that when we come together that you, Lord Jesus, will just bless. You will minister and you will meet the needs of this church family and well beyond. In Jesus' name.